All right. If you guys want to turn to Second Peter, Second Peter chapter two, uh, as we're making our way through uh, the book of Second Peter, um, it's going to be a while until we come back to it. Um, Peter has been reminding the church of a few things that they already knew about. And uh, you guys remember, if you were here last week or on Sunday, uh, we talked about Peter reminding the church uh, in chapter 1 about the power of God, about the promises of God, about the, the people who love God, basically, and their characteristics, their heart, and where they're going. And, and uh, these things were just reminders, really to stir them up in the Lord. And in Philippians, Paul even talks about uh, in chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. And so, obviously, there's safety, there's security in Christ Jesus. His word is a strong tower, right? And so, those who believe in him, those who love him, are going to run to that strong tower, and they're going to find rest. They're going to find security, right? True peace and security. And And so... This is the, the, the safety, right? And, and Paul would say rejoice, right? For that, just that fact alone, rejoice in the Lord. Uh, so now Peter is, uh, he's reminding the church of a few things in chapter one. And now let's get into chapter two where he's going to warn the church. Uh, and really this should be a reminder as well because Peter already warned them about these things in his day. And just like Paul warned uh, the church in his day about these things. So let's go ahead and read it and then we'll, we'll backtrack and uh, go back over it. Let's look at verse one through eleven. It says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, Lot, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid of evil, Dig, uh, uh, to speak of evil dignitaries, evil of dignitaries, whereas angels are greater in power and might, do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. Whew. You guys ready for this? Here we go. 
All right, let's go all the way back to verse 1. So Peter is warning us against false teachers. And there are many false teachers today, right? And so Peter warns us about these false teachers really in seven ways, uh, in seven areas. Number one, they will be like false prophets. Notice in verse 1 that they're going to be like false prophets. Notice it says, but. And in in contrast to the previous section, what it's talking about in chapter 1, right? Specifically, in dealing with prophecy and and the fact that God spoke through holy men of God, right? And and through the Holy Spirit. And so, notice it says, There were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. And so, you have, you know, the false prophets prophets of the Old Testament who led Israel astray uh, to, you know, all kinds of sin. And, and, and in contrast to these false teachers today, false prophets, false teachers. And, and those false prophets, um, you know, they led the children of Israel into idolatry, to sexual immorality. The list goes on, right? That the things that they brought in front of Israel, the children of Israel, and Israel bought into it, right? They, they fell into that trap because of these, these deceptive prophets, right, uh, or teachers. Um, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, uh, John, the apostle, he says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Jesus said, he said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. So question, guys, are there false teachers today? Yeah, there definitely is. There's lots of them, right? It's like, I want to be a false teacher when I grow up. It's almost, it seems like that. But what what is their goal? Well, it's to turn people away from God deceptively, really, uh, by deceiving them. So the point here is, just like these false prophets, so too are these false teachers today. And church, we need to evaluate the you know, the words that we're given and hearing the voice of God, right? By hearing the word of God, taking it to the word of God and, and understanding what the word of God says. How can you decipher or even um, have any kind of discernments if you don't know the word of God, right? And, and how can you say, oh, they're great teachers because they teach the word of God. How do you know? Unless you know the Word of God. If you know the Word of God, you automatically have that discernment because you're like, wait a minute there. The Bible says, right? And that's our attitude. That's, by the way, the attitude that you naturally took on by the Holy Spirit in your life, right? You didn't have to be taught that. You just naturally started being like, oh, I can't watch that movie, or I can't listen to that teacher, or it can't even bear it. It's, you know, I can't even bear... Hanging out with, you know, at work with, not here, but, you know, the other jobs uh, of worldly people. um, Because it's just so much. You're hearing it all the time. And it's like, oh, you're almost like Lot. It talks about Lot right here. And he was just oppressed day to day. And and I think we understand that. And on top of that, to even watch these guys is like, seriously? (laughs) You're trying to kill yourself? So uh, we need to be very, very careful. I don't care if, you know, these teachers have 20 degrees or, or, you know, uh, 
I wrote, you know, 500 books. So, wow, apparently they know what they're saying because they wrote books. Whoa, right? No, we as believers, we need to take it back to the Word of God and, and don't worry about other people and what they have and how they walk and how they talk, right? And so be careful. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, it says to test all things. Hold fast to what is good. And we are to be like the Bereans. We're to question, question everything. What does the word of God say? Because that's all that matters is what the word says. These Bereans, in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And guys, we need to take notes, right? Take take the words you hear, write them down if you have. That's what I have to do. I always take notes. And then I, have, I take them back, right? And, and that's what we ought to do. We ought to study and make sure, is this what they're saying? Is this what the Word of God is saying? Is this aligning with the Word of God? Is this the character of God? Is this the heart of God? And and when we turn to the Word of God, we know, you know what is true, and we know what is false. We don't base our decisions on how we feel. We talked about that on Sunday. What, what's politically correct, right? We don't do any of that. Who cares about the, what the world thinks? Whatever the world thinks, right? Um, we care about what the Bible says. And so let's come to the second thing here. The second thing is, so number one, false teachers, number one, uh, will be like false prophets, right? Secondly, they will be among us. They will be among us. Notice in verse 1, again, in Second Peter, but there were, were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. So the question is not if, but when, right? So because false teachers will be among you, right? This is a for sure thing. So this verse is stating a fact that in the church age today, there will in fact indeed be teachers among us rising from within us. Right, so look around you. <laughs> Just don't, don't don't look around. But but they're going to come among us. They're going to look like us. They're going to talk like us. They're going to be fake. They're going to be artificial. But they're going to rise up among us, right? And they're going to watch you. They're going to observe you. And they're going to see how to bring you down. They're going to see what they can gather from you. And and they're that's what they're they're exploit. They want to exploit you as merchandise, basically, right? They're going to see. So where do you work? <laughs> Why does that matter, right? I remember, uh, and that's a common thing that people say. I remember getting people mad here at church when I first started coming. They're like, so so what do you do? Oh, I just love Jesus, right? And they're like, come on, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? And and then I'll tell them, but um, we need to, we just, it's true. We, we're believers and we're not identified by what, what our work is. We're identified as a believer, Right, and so that's my sense of humor to them by not going with through the scriptures with them at that time. Uh, but inwardly, I have this weird sense of humor. By the way, if you guys don't understand it, that's weird. I know, I hear you. Um, but anyways, that's that's Satan's most most uh, effective strategy. By the way, you guys remember in the Book of Acts, um, you know, Satan tried to come 
against the church with persecution. And the more he tried to persecute the church, what happened? It only increased their faith in the Lord and their belief in the Lord. And it, it just increased the believers like crazy. It spread like a wildfire. And he's like, ah, I want to kill all of you guys. Ah, but you guys keep increasing. <laughs> this is killing me. Right? And so he stopped doing that. He switched his tactics to infiltrate the church. And, and what he decided to do is to be just like us, right? He wanted to be artificial and come along, along us and, and be like an angel of light in a sense, right? And, and be speaking Christianese. And, and so he became coming, infiltrating within the church instead of hitting the church from out of the church. Paul warned the Ephesian elders, if you guys remember back in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, um, and he says, For I know this, that after my departure, sav- savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, but notice, among you. They, they, they're not going to care about you and I. They, they only desire to come against us as savage wolves. Have you guys ever went and hung out with the savage wolf, right? <laughs> they don't care. They don't say, oh, it's okay, right? They don't get their paw on you. They only care about, just go ahead and take a nap. Why don't you? <laughs> they're they're going to devour you. And so note the contrast, by the way, in the context here. Look at chapter 1, verse 21 of Second Peter for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And then go back to verse 1 that we have right here. Uh, it says, but there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. So very, very interesting uh, something we need to be aware of is these false teachers. But thirdly, they're going to bring destruction. They will bring destruction. Notice in verse 1, near the end, again, by the way, you guys are going to know this verse really well. Look at verse 1 again. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Look at verse 2. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Look at verse 3. It says, look at the end of verse 3. And their destruction does not slumber. Their destruction does not slumber slumber. It's very simple to realize here that false teachers are going to bring in destruction behind them. And everything that they do, that's the impact of their ways. Everything about them is just going to be destructive. And and so according to verse 1, there's two things about the destruction that they bring. Notice this destruction they bring. Number one, it involves secrecy. Notice there it says, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. So when they rise up, they don't advertise, hey, I'm a, I'm a destructive heresy. I'm here to deceive you and take you away. <laughs> They're not going to do that. They're going to come in secretly. That's their way. Hey, have you, right? Right? They, they love secrets and secrecy and, uh, then they, they rise up among us. They, no, they, they have one style and that one style is, secretly is how they slither right it carries the idea of them coming in 
quickly and quietly. They just want to, you know, not quickly necessarily, but more so quietly. They want to slither in and... And and understand they love giving the truth, by the way, so I don't want to throw that out there. Um, understand that they don't always just come in and just lie, 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 right? Because if you watch some of these guys on TV or girls, they, they're they speaking a lot of truth. Your, your, your ears start, you know, like, whoa, hey, this is pretty good, right? They're very influential, they're very funny, they got great stories, they got great... I don't know. They, you know, it just sounds so great, and they're they're talking about the word of God. So they must be right on, right? And then all of a sudden, this little bloop they throw out there, and it's like, wait, whoa, wait! But everything else was really right on, and they're a PhD, and they got a bachelor's, and they got a you know uh, all this stuff, and they wrote forty books, and so. Apparently what they just said right there must be true, so I'm just going to take it as true. But if you're a Berean, you're going to be like, wait a minute, okay, Google. <laughs> That's what I do, sorry. But And then I want to find out, is that the word of God really say that? And then, oh, it doesn't say that. All right, and uh, did I offend you guys? Okay, Alexa, right, is that the word? Or whoever it is, Siri. Um, but whatever. Um, you guys can use search engines, right? And, and it's very quick to do. It's not like you got to go back to the books in your Beauty and the Beast library, right? And find the right book and, right? <laughs> what does the history book say? Uh, it's very, very easy to do it. So, um, notice, um, they come in secretly, right? Uh, and also, Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And this occurred because a false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. And thereby, again, uh, that is the goal of the false teacher. That's the goal of these... Uh, these slippery, deceiving people as they'll observe you, right? With their binoculars. <laughs> they see the way you, the things you do. And, and then they, 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 they want to creep in. They, they see your weak area and they're going to use it for their own advantage. And, and the idea is to bring you into bondage. In Jude verse four, it says, for certain men have crept in unnoticed. And notice they're going to creep in unnoticed, right? That's just the idea right there. Secondly, uh, not only are they going to come in secretly, but secondly, they're going to come in with heresy, right? They'll bring in heresy. Notice in verse one, they'll, they'll be, they're denying his lordship, right? It says, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Now this word heresy simply means uh, to choose. So they choose to follow one teaching, if you will, or to choose to follow another teaching. And, and that's, that's kind of the idea. Turn, turn to First John, by the way. First John, to your right, just a couple pages. Uh, chapter 2, these false teachers were forcing the choice to choose uh, who Jesus Christ really is. Are, are there many heretics today that say that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them, right? And they say, no, like we talked about on Sunday, right? They're, no, they're, they're, you know, Jesus isn't really the Son of God. He's Lucifer's brother, right? The spirit brother. Oh, no, no, he's, he's Michael the Archangel, 
right? So you got your Mormons, your Jehovah's Witness. Oh, oh, Muslim friend. Oh, who, who's Jesus? Oh, no, he's not Jesus. He's not the son of God. No, he's just a good guy. He's a good prophet. He's a good teacher, right? That's, that's what they're going to tell you. What are they saying? They're dethroning the Lord Jesus Christ off the throne of God, right? And saying, and bringing him into their realm, uh, just like mankind. That's the same sin, the same strategy, if you will, of Satan, the same tactic in the Garden of Eden, right? You could be just like God, right? And that's the, I, that's the, the temptation of mankind, of flesh. Your flesh wants to be like God. And so people buy into this, right? They're just not even thinking, oh, really? Oh, tell me more. <laughs> God is not God, and, and I could be just like him and equal, right? Tell, talk to the Mormons about that one. So they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Understand that this is heresy. That's what heresy is. And in 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 22. It says, who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Uh, in fact, look at chapter 4, look at verse 2. It says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now already is in the world. Look, look at uh, the book of 2 John. Go to 2 John chapter 1. Look at verse 7. 2 John verse 7, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Right? So what are you, who are you going to listen to? The word of God? On that day before standing before the Lord, Lord, I, I didn't listen to your word because, well, they, this man was very influential and, and, and I bought into it. That You're not going to look good, right, with that answer. It's better to say, Lord, I trust your word, and I'm going to fall back on what your word says. I'm going to be obedient. That's what a believer is. A believer is someone who's obedient to the word of God. Uh, Please understand that if anybody teaches that Jesus Christ is less than God, it is he is a heretic, and it is a heresy, right? And he is, if he's not God Almighty, come in the flesh, right, then it's, it's, it's heretical, right? He's in the spirit of the Antichrist, according to 1 John. And you're not a believer, by the way, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You don't believe in the deity that Jesus is God Almighty come in the flesh. He's 100% God. He's 100% man, right? So if you don't believe that, you got a big problem with your Christianity. And so who, who bought them, by the way, it says, who bought them with his own blood, basically, on the cross? God bought them. And yet they still run to rebel against him and be over him. Have you guys, isn't that, seriously, wow. Jesus loves even them. He loves them so much so, he died on the cross for them as well. Isn't that, I'm, I kind of get mad. I'm like, Lord, really? Sis? I mean, 
But then I look at myself and I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm no, I'm no greater, right? But Lord, it's by, it's by His grace that, you know, we're even allowed anything. And, but He wants to extend that grace to even people like that who want to falsely, you know, come in and, and they want to pull people away from a relationship with Christ and they want to be against Christ. And yet God says, I love them, Josh. Go and pray for them, right? Because it's a spiritual battle. And I'm like, no, I'd rather write a letter and say I hate you. <laughs> but he's like, no, write a letter and say I love you, right? And here's what the truth actually is. And they have, they have a chance as well. And that's what we need. We need more ambassadors, right? More people that have, uh, are willing to speak for Christ because we're living the end times, right? And, and think about it. Rapture happens. People are going to get saved. And then there's going to be little evangel, uh, missionaries, right, during that time who barely know the word or they probably know the word, but they've been running from the word, right? They didn't confess to Jesus as Lord. And now they do. And now they're little, you know, missionaries. And, and, but that's the kind of people we need today. Before the rapture, we need to look at all people and not, you know, I'm, I'm the first to admit, I go to the mall or I'll go down on college and I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to give the gospel, but I'm saying, nope, nope, no. Yes, that one over there, right? And then I'll go to that person. But what if God says, well, why did you say no to that guy? <laughs> why did I say no, right? Look at him. And that's no, right? Hopefully we're, we feel the Holy Spirit saying, hey, buddy, get out of there. You're not giving the gospel today, right? Um, but we... We need to, we need to take on that spirit of grace, right? And, and pray for these people. And it's so easy to be like, nah, they're dead. And, and they, and truly, they, they really are, right? They're against God. And, and they drew that line themselves to stay on that side of the world. And, and their destruction will come to them. And, but with that truth, should break our hearts, right? To even see one person in hell uh, should really break our hearts. And it's their decision, and they deserve to be there, but all the more we're to give the gospel. And so, anyways... The Bible is very clear that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. In Titus chapter 2 verse 13, it says, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, who? Jesus Christ. So clearly Jesus is the Christ. He's, he's the Messiah. He's God Almighty. He's the, the Son of God. Uh, Jesus in John chapter 10 verse 30 says, I and my Father are one. John 14, verse 9, uh, Jesus told Philip, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Uh, John chapter 20, verses 28, Thomas made that declaration, and he said, he said, uh, my Lord and my God, right? In uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 5, it says, Whom are the fathers from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. There's people that believe that Jesus came in the spirit, right? The Gnostics. They believe he didn't come, he died on the cross in the spirit, right? So he just kind of, it's like these people don't think about what they actually believe. And so, uh, 
Paul's combating against a lot of these guys in Colossians as well. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. Right? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8. God himself even says of, the, of Christ, right? But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. So make no mistake about it. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's God Almighty come in the flesh. Amen? Amen, church. So if anyone denies this, they, they are false teachers, right? So it's very, very clear what the Bible teaches. And when you're giving the gospel, you ought to make this very clear when you're giving the gospel, right, to somebody that Jesus is God. Because it's so easy for the enemy to come in and snatch that seed. And and so you want to give them the solid foundation. And this is part of it, right? This is This is a big part. Um, let's come to the fourth thing here. False teachers are false prophets. They, secondly, they're, uh, they'll be among us. Third, they will bring destruction. And now fourth, false teachers will be destroyed. They'll be destroyed. Notice in verse one, it says, and bring on themselves swift destruction. Uh, skip, go down to verse 12. It says, but these are like natural brute beasts, made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption. Go down to verse 17. It says, These are wells and without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. So it's obvious that these false teachers will be destroyed. Very, very obvious, right? And so Peter drives this point so much so that he gives us three examples in verses 4 through 8, really four, verse 4 through 9, but 4 through 8, and, and proving that they will be destroyed. Uh, number one, uh, the angels who sinned. It's the angels who sinned. The first example is verse 4. Notice in verse 4, it says, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Note, and then skip down to verse 9. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. So, wow, what an example that is already. Wow. Peter is using the angels who sinned as an example of these false teachers' destruction. So, thirdly, uh, think about it. Who who are these angels, actually? Go stay here with me. Who are these angels? I, I don't know. Jude gives us some further information on who these guys might be. Now, Jude, verse 6, it says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains, under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So I believe this points us to Genesis chapter 6. Uh, prior to the flood, these sons of God, right, it says they came down and, and they, they took the daughters of men. You guys know it really well. Um, and they came out of their spiritual dimension, if you will, into the physical dimension, possibly. And some believe they possessed human bodies, right, which uh, they... 
couldn't you, they, you can't be possessed as a believer. Colossians uh, talking about it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. First uh, uh, John chapter four verse four. We we cannot be possessed as believers because we have Christ in us, right? Who is greater than anybody else? They they took the daughters of men. They had babies with these women. We call these babies the the nephilim, right? The nephilim, whatever you want to call it. And and uh, they're the giants, simply meaning giants. And so God reserved these angels in chains till the judgments. And they are an example to us of what happens to false teachers. And so notice, uh, secondly, is the ungodly who sinned. The ungodly who sinned. Notice in verse 5, it says, And, and did not spare the ancient world, uh, but save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So then go back down to verse 9 again. It says, Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under, under punishment for the day of judgment. Verse 5 is speaking about Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, right? So, uh, they can be a picture of Israel, by the way, right? So since they went through the flood, but they were spared from the wrath of God or from the flood. And, and Revelation chapter 7, speaking about, you know, the 144,000 uh, Jews who are virgins, by the way, just because someone's a Jew doesn't mean they're part of the 144,000. Um, anyways, but they're spared from God's wrath in the tribulation time. So in verse 9, notice in verse 9, and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Uh, in Genesis chapter 6, verse Five, it says, and to reserve the unjust, okay, we just read, and then it says in verse uh, five, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so he brought a flood uh, upon mankind, right? And he flooded them. It was of destruction. And, and Peter likens that uh, as an example to us, to false teachers today of, of who these false teachers are. That's the third example is the cities who sinned. The cities who sinned. Notice in verse 6, it says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes and con- condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. And then go down to verse 9. And then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly. So speaking of Lot and his daughters, right? Or in his sons and, or in their, their wives. And, and, uh, out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. So this speaks of the cities who sinned. Who's these cities? Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And Peter gives us three great examples. I think they're pretty great. Uh, pointing to the fact that these false teachers will in fact be destroyed. Now, yes, we need to be alert. We need to be watching for these false teachers. But we need to understand that God 
God is going to destroy them. I'm going to say it again. It it makes me angry when I watch, you know, like TBN. And I see these guys and they're just, they're using the word of God for profit. They're fleecing the flock, right? And, 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 uh, but I picture them, when I picture them going to hell and those faces and screaming and, and yelling and saying, help. That was their, that's their end. That's what they get. And so that's why we should pray for them, though, on their behalf, because it's it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong, by the way. Yes, we should correct them, right? Yes, we should alert the the, the church and say, "Hey, there's a there's a wolf," right? And by all means, it, and if we're not doing that, we're not doing our part as as a as a believer, right? We're 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 just like them if we don't say anything, and so. I understand all that, but at the same point, we're to pray for them because it's only the Holy Spirit that can change a heart of man. Only the Holy Spirit who prompts them and, and they give up their pride, right? Humble themselves and then they confess their sins just like you and I did. But that's why we ought to pray for these guys, right? And, and don't pray like David. Crush their teeth, Lord. <laughs> They're babies, babies, and just burn them. And I'm not saying pray like that. Pray for their salvation, right? Pray that they would be saved, that they would turn from their wicked ways, that they would see. And look at the, man, talk about giving God the glory, right? See the contrast in what God can do with these guys. I think it'd be amazing. But anyways, let's come to the fifth thing here. These false teachers will also be followed by many. They're going to be followed by many. Notice in verse 2, I know we're jumping around, but there's there's a point to it all. In verse 2, and many will follow their destructive ways. So there's a lot of cults and so-called uh, Christian uh, churches and, and uh that have huge fellowships. And why is that? Well, I think verse 2 kind of explains. Notice it says, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. What they're teaching and preaching is something that is against the Bible. Wait, what? What, what is, there, there's, there's, there, I'm not saying churches, Christian churches. There, I'm saying all these wacky, de- laffy taffy churches. Right? There's the easy believism, right? That you give your life to the Lord. Just, just pray this prayer. Now you can go on, do whatever you want. You can sin. You can live righteous if you want. Go ahead and do whatever you want, because God already, you know, He chose you, and you're good. So, because you prayed the prayer, so go on, go, go, go. Right? That's not biblical. But that's the easy believism that I, I call uh, that's out there in the churches today. Um, not biblical. There's the health, wealth, prosperity gospel, right? That, that a lot of churches adapt and, and they have and they, they bring into the church. And they say, you know, God wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be wealthy and, and rich. And, you know, I just or that, you know, if you're not healthy and, and wealthy, then you're in sin. And if you're not in sin, then you're, you're lacking faith in God because you need this faith in order to walk on water. You can walk on top of those dollar bills that will just magically appear. And they're just, it gets weird. But there, there's the, you know, blab it and grab it theology that's out there. You know, just your words have power. Right, and you just say this, and it'll become reality. And 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 as it becomes reality, your words are powerful, guys. Do you guys sense the same little slithering serpent there in those words? The same little guy who told Eve, "Eve, you can be just like God." Guys, uh, please understand. And you guys already remember. This is a reminder. The whole book of Second Peter is like a reminder, right? I'm not saying this as if you don't know it. Um, 
only God can speak things into existence. Are you guys with me there? Man, you and me, we can't speak things into existence. I tried. It doesn't work. Right? You liars. <laughs> but we, we can't speak things into existence. Right? There's power in the word of God and nowhere else. Right? It's in the word of God. And we know that. And so, uh, there's, well, I could just keep going. You guys get the idea. But there, there, there's a lot of these wacky, wacky dudes, right? You give me your hundred dollars and God's gonna bless you with even, you know, ten times more. If they really believe that, they're gonna be giving money to you, right? <laughs> Think about it. They'll be giving you all kinds of money every single day. We well, got another check in the mail. Look at that. It's because they're making ten times more. They don't believe that. They just are telling you because you're you know, well, not you guys, but other people, right? And they, they're dumb enough to do it. And so they write off these checks and they send it in the mail and they, they give them their money and they, they still have the same amount. What happened? Oh, I just, I don't, I don't have enough faith. They told me I don't have it. I'm in sin. That's what it is. Of course, everybody falls short of the glory of God. You're never going to be perfect. Do you have to be perfect? Cause you're never going to be perfect, right? They don't think that. They don't come to the conclusion. Anyways, um, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Preach the word, young Timothy. Be, pre- be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. You see, the only reason that they have many followers is because they blasphemy the Holy Spirit, right? They blasphemy the, the truth. The truth is the word of God. Nobody desires the truth. Look around you and the, the, the pews are empty. How did, what is going on with the churches here in Appleton? What's happening to the churches that are mega and happening? They're saying, go ahead, man, you're good, but I'm in sin. The word of God says, no, you're fine. You're, you'll be all right. Go, 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 go. Make sure you tie it today. <laughs> What's, right? Are you guys, do you guys hear what I'm saying? I know this is a little, you know, in your face and I'm sorry, but it's true. It's sad. There's few that will follow. And, and, and it's just a, it's a, it's a sad thing. So sixth, let's come to the sixth thing. This is the sixth. They will exploit others because of greed. They're going to exploit others because of greed. Notice in verse three, it says, by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. That word covetous, by the way, simply means greediness and, and to have a desire for more. In other words, they're not content. And, and this word exploits, uh, it's used three times in the New Testament, and it simply means to make merchandise. If you got the King James, right? I, I study in King James, and I read the New King James. What are you, whoa, where, how it doesn't say merchandise? But it, it means to use someone or something for your gain, basically, right? And so, so because of their greediness and their desire to have more, they'll make merchandise of you for their own personal gain. And, and so we see this in Christianity today, right? They'll, 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 they'll sell you a napkin, a handkerchief, uh, I don't know, they'll give you water or a rock or a piece of wood, right? And they'll, they'll make this whole thing up about it and, and they'll, they just want to make profit off of you. Can you believe those dumb guys? They bought water from my faucet and they called it holy water, right? <laughs> yeah, those guys. But anyways, they're making profit off of God's people, right? They, there's silly stuff out there. I, I kid you not. You guys, 
Do your research. It's like oh, the last breath that Paul the apostle took is in this jar. Everyone's all, whoa, the highest bidder right now. Do I got a hundred dollars? Right? That's basically how it sounds. But they don't, they don't have the fear of God in them. So of course they're going to go ahead and blaspheme the truth, right? They're going to blaspheme the Lord and they're going to make up lies. But the people who buy into it, they're not Bereans. They don't know how to study the word of God. They're not, they were never trained to go out there and, and be as, uh, to teach the word of God, right? To know the word of God. And so it's a, it's a sad, sad thing. But, uh, because of greediness, right? They have that desire for more personal gain. So they're making a profit off of God's. Notice, by the way, they're only out to fleece the flock. They're, they're not out to feed the flock at all of God. And, and, uh, you don't see these guys equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, right? They're, they're only in it for themselves. All you hear over and over is, I, they want your money. You guys, are you with? That's, that's all I hear. And, and they, they make it seem as if God is broke and he needs your help. Guys, we need to help God. We're going to lose the church. Everybody, we need your money. Right? Little rascals, guys. People, people, we need your money. That's all I hear when I see these guys. But notice how these people exploit us. Notice in verse 3, it's by covetousness that they will exploit you with deceptive words. That's how they're going to do it. That's, that's how they make merchandise of us. That's how they rip us off, basically. And, and, uh, uh, notice they use deceptive words, right? That word deceptive, you could basically say it from the Greek into English, plastic. Basically what it means. It's the only word used in the whole Bible, right here. And, 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 uh, so we can say it into English. So as it pertains to the word of God, these false teachers are like plastic, right? It carries the idea of something that is molded, something that is formed, something that is shaped, that carries the idea of, well, that's what we do with plastic today, right? We shape it, mold it, form it into the image we want it to be in, and there we go. We got an artificial molding uh, of something that is fake. And so they, 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 they have taken the word of God, they shaped it, molded it, formed it in such a way that it fits their agenda, it fits their greediness, if you will, so that they can rip us off and take our money. Now understand, it's not always, you know, really in your face. It, it's it, It's subtle, you know, it comes in. Uh, be cautious, by the way, for those who you allow to teach you. Be cautious. Be, be prayfully equipped to ask the Lord for whom you're going to allow in your brain, basically, and in your heart, right? Who you're going to allow to hear with your ears. And, and that's, you know, I think is very important that the churches go chapter by chapter and verse by verse. I think here at this church, we're safe because all we hear is the word of God. That's all you hear during teachings. That's all it is. It's just the word of God. And people are annoyed about it. I've heard it. Oh, you go to Calvary Chapel, Appleton. That's all they do is the word of God. Those guys are like a cult, right? <laughs> Have you guys heard that? It's like, are you serious? That's what you want in a church. You you want a desire to grow closer and in, in, in to find God, but you want to find him through the word of God, right? And and you would think that they would understand that, but they don't. They're like, no, you don't find God like that. And, and thus they, I don't know. But I'm sorry, guys. I'm going on this whole tangent. But that's kind of the seventh thing here. Um, 
they will have ungodly character traits. They're going to have ungodly character traits. Notice in verse 10 and 11, Peter lists five ungodly character traits of these false teachers. And number one, it involves the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh. It says, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. And one thing that characterizes a false teacher is that he walks in the lust of the, his flesh. He's, he's only interested in fulfilling his own desires, right? Whatever is his own gain, his own wants, his own needs. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care. He's more concerned about his house, his what he's driving, what he has in his paycheck, right, in his bank account. You could go up to him and be like, my bank account, my money situation, my house situation. And his head is like, I'm not even listening to you, right? It's it's a whole other attitude. Those who are listening, they're praying for you. They're burdened for you. They're praying when you're not around for you. And they're seeking, right, how they can bless you. It's a huge contrast from those who are real and those who are fake. And and so uh, they despise authority. Notice, secondly, they despise authority. Notice in verse 10 um, that they think, you know, uh, it's more, notice, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. I'm sorry, in verse chapter 1, uh, verse 10, especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. Uh, they are presumptuous, and it goes on, but they think that they're the final authority. Nobody else is above them because they're, they're it, right? They're always right. They're unwilling to submit to anybody and, or be in a place to be rebuked, which is in opposition to what Romans 11, right? So they're nothing like a believer here. Uh, notice thirdly, they're presumptuous. Notice in verse 10, means rash, arrogant, prideful. They're against the word of God. And they think that they're above the word of God, saying stuff like, God's word is good, but you need my book to understand it. By the way, I'll sign it as well. And now it becomes really legit, right? And, and, or, or you need to be baptized in our church only, right? And, and thinking that somehow they're greater than God's word. Right? We need, no, we need God's word. What is God's word? It's speaking of Jesus. Look at John chapter 1 verses 1 through 14. It's the word of God became flesh in verse 14. So notice in verse 10 as well, they are self-willed. They're stubborn. They're not willing to bend, right? Or, or will. And Andrew Murray, he asked, you know, what are, what are the works of hell? They are chiefly these three. Self-will, self-trust, self-exaltation. And I agree. It's all about self there. So the next one is they speak evil. Notice in verse 10, it's, it mentions dignitaries, right? So uh, the flesh of the lust of the uncleanness and despise authority, they are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. So they're not afraid to speak evil against what? This word dignitaries means glory. So they're not afraid to speak evil against the glory of who God is, God's word. They're not afraid to speak evil 
against the doxa. That's what that word means here. But no wonder they walk in the lust of their flesh, though, right? When you think about it, that's that word doxa. So this, they despise authority, they're presumptuous, they're self-willed, and, and they, they, they could care less. There's not even a thought. There's not even one little speck of conviction in their hearts when they use and twist the scripture. Why? Because they're so satisfied in wanting more and greediness and desiring more. They're like, I need another Learjet, right? I need, I need a bigger house. And the church, you have to pay for it. And it's like, whoa, we, the people in the church are not Bereans anymore. And so, of course, they're going to hand out that to the, the pastor. We got to be cautious. Not even the angels who are mightier than this would even do these things. Notice in verse 11, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. They don't even bother. They're the Lord's, right? And and so um, we ought to be careful, right? And, and watch out. There's a deceptive um, spirit out there. The spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in our time right now. And if you're not seeing it, then chances are it's all around you and maybe you're a part of it. And so caution your own heart before the Lord and make sure you know that you know the Lord, right? You're hearing the voice of God. You're hearing the words of God. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's forever, right? It's going to last forever. And so these are the words we ought to be training ourselves up in. When I get to heaven, I want to know the Lord. I want to know what his word says. I want to be in on the conversations and not be like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, what does that mean? <laughs> Who's Moses? <laughs> I want to know the word of God. And, and so I want to desire him. And if I do desire him, I want to know his heart. I want to know what, what moves God. What, what, what drives the Lord in that sense to, 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 to bless people, to do the, what he does. I want to understand every, the ins and outs of God, right? And everything that we need to know about life and godliness, according to Second Peter chapter 1, is in the word of God. It, he is the word of God. And he puts his word above all. And it's just, it's pretty amazing. So continue, guys, to stick in the word of God. Um, and and there, because of the day that we live in, right? If anything, we're, it's, it's high time, right? To, to be alert, to be sober-minded and watchful of these things. And so I pray that you guys are encouraged. I know it sounds pretty discouraging when we hear about these guys. And, and it should break your heart. But at the same time, take on that extra stance of, man, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step further. And I'm going to pray for these guys in, in the Lord. Lord, teach me right to pray for these guys and how to pray for them. So let's pray right now. Speaking of prayer, let, you guys don't mind standing up with me. I've been standing this whole time. Did you guys know that the teacher would sit down and the people would stand up? We should do that here. I'm going to talk to Dwight. All right, let's pray, guys. Um, Lord, thank you so much for your word. And, and uh, Lord, it's a scary thought that these false teachers, these false, uh, these people with the, these motives that are um, all about themselves and, and, and wanting nothing else but to fulfill the lustful desires of their hearts, they're among us. And, and uh, it's a scary thought, Lord, but I pray... Uh, that you would remove them, Lord, that you would uh, reveal your word to our hearts, Lord, that we might know you, uh, but also that they might find you, Lord. I pray that they uh, 
would not get the things that they want in this life, Lord, that you would uh, just uh, destroy everything about them, that they might come to the end of their life, the end of their road, and that they can only look up to you, Father. I pray that you would use us uh, with those around us that have that heart, that have that mindset of that they're so prideful, and grant us the grace, Lord, uh, by your mercy, by your uh, from your heart, Lord, um, and grant us everything else that we need, Lord, um, for the work of the ministry that you called us to. I pray that you would equip us to know your word and to know your truth, and that you would uh, just go before us, Lord, and make it obvious in the, the areas that you want us to be in. In Jesus' name, amen.